Turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4 within your Bibles this morning. Who wrote the book of Acts? Who wrote the book of Acts? There wasn't a guy out there by the name of Acts. Who wrote the book of Acts? No, not Paul. See, that's good job security. You'd still need a preacher, pastor, and teacher. Luke. Luke. Luke wrote the book of Luke, and he wrote the book of Acts. Acts chapter 4, this morning, verse 23. Verse 23, within God's Word. Acts chapter 4, verse 23. Pastor, it's not in my study guide. I know. I'm getting worried you folks don't know how to look up something in the Bible. Pastor, I don't have a Bible. Then use your smartphone or grab the Bible that's in front of you in the pew rack, if you would, this morning. Acts chapter 4, verse 23. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people. They went back to the church. What happened to Peter and John? They performed a miracle in the name of Jesus. They proclaimed the authority, the power, the resurrection of Jesus, and they got arrested for it. Hey, we're getting close there today. I said, we're getting close to that today. And they were threatened with persecution, imprisonment. They were threatened with death. If they keep proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, alive and well, resurrected from the dead. They went back to the early church, the Jerusalem church, this new church, and reported, verse 23, all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. When they heard this, the church, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heaven and the earth, the sea, and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers gather together against the Lord and against His anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant, Jesus, who you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand would happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats. Enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal. And perform miracles, miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Several years ago, I did one of my favorite pastime activities, canoeing in Central Florida. What I love about canoeing in Central Florida, you don't see the ordinary turtles, frogs, Snakes. You see big snakes and big gators. 
And I had my 16-year-old son, Jonathan, in the front of the canoe. I'm in the back because the back steers the canoe. And we're going down the Dead River. I mean, the water there is as black as sin. Hillsborough County, just off of I-4, I highly recommended it. We had just counted 22 gators. And John wanted a close-up picture. Well, being the dad that I am, I wanted to make sure he got real close. So I told him to be quiet. I told him, don't make any sudden moves. And I nosed that canoe right up to a good 20-footer that was suntanning itself on the river bank. And we got right up to where he could reach out and touch it. And he's scared to death. He's, Dad, 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 what are you doing? Dad, Dad. And I nosed it right on up. He got out. He was shaking. He got out his cell phone to take a picture. And just before he took the picture, I stood up, took the paddle, and I just slammed it down on that gator. That mighty tail swish! And John screamed like a little girl. (laughs) He's drenched with water. That, That gator took off, scrambled away. Everybody say it. Bad dad. Bad dad. I mean, I'm getting angry looks from my wife right now, just as I recount that. There is, mark it down in your spirit, a specific kind of praying that causes the enemy to scramble. That shakes up the enemy. The apostles, the church was threatened with persecution, imprisonment, yea, death. If they kept proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ, their response, did they start boycotting? Huh? Did they put a, a piece of paper out at the info booth and say, everybody sign a petition that we're going to boycott these religious leaders? Did they protest? Did they petition? No, they prayed. Acts 4.31, I read it again. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting, was shaken. And they were all filled (laughs) with the Holy Spirit and spoke the Word of God boldly. The shaking of the room they were assembled in didn't happen because of a natural earthquake. It transpired because of a spirit quake. The word shaken is translated from the Greek word saluo. It literally means to agitate, to rock, to unsettle, to shake. Luke, the writer of Acts, he uses the same Greek word in three other places in the New Testament. All three times, saluto, it means a breaking through in the spiritual dimension. It means an agitation, a stirring, a rocking, a shaking, a breaking through, a pulling down of satanic strongholds, active points of satanic resistance. Breakthrough praying. Breakthrough praying. What is a breakthrough? We shared about that last week Sunday morning. A breakthrough is a pulling down. Of a satanic Jericho wall. It is a pulling down 
of satanic strongholds. Uh, It's a bringing a binding on the enemy. Jesus said, unless you break through into the strong man's house and bind him, you cannot restore back to the kingdom that which the strong man has robbed you of. What have you been robbed of this morning? Some of, it, some of you raised up children in the name of Jesus. And the enemy has robbed you of your children. They're not serving God today. Some have been robbed of their physical health. Some have been robbed uh, of their finances. They're facing bills that are insurmountable. We need, we need to see breakthroughs in those areas. We need to see a binding placed upon the strong man. We need to restore back to the kingdom that which is rightfully God's and the children of God. For over the next couple of Sundays, I'm going to reveal point by point how you can grow up, how you can graduate, how you can move in breakthrough praying, this high form of intercessory prayer. Breakthrough praying. Father, in the name of Jesus, come Holy Spirit, speak to us, Lord, in your name. And for the glory of Jesus, hide me behind behind your glory, Lord. I pray it. Amen and amen. Write it down in your notes. The early church, when threatened with persecution, prison and death, purposed to move in breakthrough praying. Imagine what breakthrough praying has accomplished throughout the Word of God. Breakthrough praying has split the Red Sea and made a way for the people of God to walk in where there seemed to be no way. Breakthrough praying has prayed forth fire from the sky, rain from the heavens. Breakthrough praying has shut the mouth of lions so that God's people may have the victory. Breakthrough praying has vanquished invading armies. Breakthrough praying has healed the sick, caused the lame to walk, the blind to see. Breakthrough praying has raised the dead and cast out demons. Breakthrough praying has healed homes, uh, revived churches, and changed the destinies of nations. Breakthrough praying attacks the powers of hell, dispatches the armies of heaven to strengthen the people of God. Breakthrough praying releases the power of the blood of Jesus uh, to cause the vilest sinner to be changed, to be clean. James the Apostle said, We have not because we ask not. Breakthrough praying is all about asking in the name of Jesus and the power of faith. Our prayers, our prayers on earth determines what God does in heaven. Authority, church, has been given you. The authority of God to use in breakthrough praying. Let's use what God's given us. The power, the authority of breakthrough praying. Write it down. Breakthrough praying works best through the power of agreement. The power of agreement. I want you to notice something. When the church prayed, Acts 4.24, when they heard this, when they heard about the problem, they raised their voices together. In prayer to God. You need to circle that word together. It is a key word that's used more than any other book of the Bible. It's used in the book of Acts. Together. 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 They did all things together in the name of Jesus. To experience prayer breakthroughs. You need to get with the people of God and pray. 
That's what this next week is all about, starting this morning. We are declaring this to be a week of prayer. I am declaring this to be the week of weeks at Lakeside Assembly of God. I'm declaring that this is a week that there is going to be some agitation, some stirring up, some rocking, some shaking in the powers of hell. I am declaring in the name of Jesus and upon the authority of the Holy Scriptures that the God of breakthroughs is going to show up because the people of God are going to come together and pray. And pray. There is something unique and powerful revelatory. (laughs) There is that which smacks uh, of the breakthrough when God's people come together and pray. Jesus taught this. Jesus said in Matthew 18, 19, again, I truly tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three gather in my name, there am I with them. God responds in a unique manner when His people come together and pray. Why? Because God wants us to be interdependent on one another instead of independent. God could have designed this so that we would pray at home, pray in our car, pray in our prayer closet. But God's design, God's will, God's intention is that His church be the body of Christ. I need you. You need me. When we're brought together in unity and we agree upon any one thing, it is done in the name of Jesus. It brings about breakthroughs. I can see you still don't get it. I, but you need to come here on Thursday night at 7 o'clock. It's praise team rehearsal. I've come out here on, on the platform Thursday night, 7 o'clock. I've got one guy over here. He thinks he's Jimi Hendrix on the electric guitar. And he's just going away. i got another one that's Ringo Starr on the drums. And he's just beating them, I mean, to his own beat. I've got another one that, uh, you know, thinks they're Janis Joplin or uh, Mariah Carey and just belting out their own song. Praise team, I'm just having fun here. I'm making this up as I'm going along here. <laughs> Here's my point. Then Don Waggy says, let's come together. And then they begin to sing the same tune at the same time, at the same tempo, <laughs> same words, same melody. As they come together, it's harmony that is beautiful and it renders an atmosphere of praise and worship. That word agree, you need to circle that word. That's a powerful word as it pertains to breakthrough praying. Circle that word agree within the scripture there. The Greek word that is translated agree is symphoneo. We get our word symphony from that. It literally means harmony. When God's people come together in a prayer circle, when God's people come together in a prayer meeting, when God's people come together at the altar as we will this morning, and we pray together, as we prayed together for the Thetes this morning, as we agree together, oh, this pleases the heart of God. It is symphoneo. It is harmony. It is melody in His ears. He dispatches angels and declares, let it be done 
Faith agreement multiplies the power of your prayers. If you've had difficulty breaking through, you need a double, triple, you need to have a multiplicity of your prayer power. You can do that as you agree with others in prayer. This week we're going to have prayer circles. These are powerful breakthrough prayer settings. Prayer circles in the name of Jesus. The prayer of agreement. It breaches the impossible. Years ago, many of you know I'm a horse trader with cars. I don't do it as frequently as I used to. I've never bought a new car in my life. And uh, as, as a poor youth pastor, I was horse trading cars right and left. And I had gotten a good deal on a VW Scirocco, five-speed manual transmission. I mean, it would go like a bat out of hell. I mean, it was fast. But it had a rust problem. It needed a tetanus shot. You could put your foot in the side of it. It had such a big hole. And I was working away on it, and it was running just beautiful, and one day it just quit. Ever have a car that does that? It just quit. And I was working on and off uh, with it for three days, and nothing seemed to work, and I was too cheap to take it to a mechanic, and, and, and I was trying everything that I could, voiced my frustration to the brand new Christian, the brand new charismatic Catholic brother that lived next door. And he looked at me and he said, well, have you tried praying about it? <laughs> I'm a, an assembly of God, Pentecostal, preacher's son. We're talking third or fourth generation Pentecost. I am a reverend. I, I have graduated with my master's of divinity degree from Fuller Theological Cemetery. I mean, seminary. And you're asking me, a pastor, if I've prayed about it? I didn't say those things, but I thought that. He said, I, I said, no, I haven't done that. He said, oh, we need to do that. Let's go over and lay hands upon it. Uh, oh, boy. Is he going to have a letdown? This is major letdown city here. And, and, and I just stood by the car. He said, no, hold my hand. I don't want to hold your hand. I'm looking around to see if anybody's watching. He said, now place your other hand on the hood of the car with me. And we prayed over it. And he said, now go in and start it. I thought, oh boy, this is going to be wake up city for him. He's going to have to learn to live by prevailing faith and wait upon the Lord with this. Uh, this isn't important enough to God. That, you know, I'm thinking all these thoughts. I get in the car. It didn't even crank hard. I just turned the key once. Room, room, room. All kinds of exhaust smoke came out. He said, see, prayer works. The prayer of agreement. The prayer of faith. God's Word is a story of the power of agreement. Read your Bible. Moses, Aaron, and Hur stood on the hilltop and Aaron and Hur lifted up the hands of Moses and as long as they agreed together, lifting up their hands in prayer, God brought the victory to His people. By faith, the people of Israel walked around Jericho. By faith agreement, they shouted and those walls came down. Together in prayer and 
Acts chapter 2, as they prayed in one accord, the Holy Spirit came down, baptized them, and they spoke in other tongues. Later on in Acts chapter 12, when Peter is imprisoned and he's about to lose his head, the early church prayed together in agreement, and an angel came down and walked him out of jail. Hallelujah! The prayer of agreement wins the day. Amen. The greatest reason God desires prayer, prayers and faith agreement, not just because prayer works, not just for our unity one with another, but because of Matthew 18.20. There am I with them. It's because of His presence. Prayer brings power. Prayer is power. The time of prayer is a time of power. The place of prayer is a place of power. The people of prayer are a people of power. Somebody say amen this morning. Somebody help me. Amen. Amen. Breakthrough praying. Write it down. Always begins with praise. Acts 4.24 So when they heard that, they raised their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, You are God. I want you to notice they didn't start their prayer time with, Oh God, help us. We're about to be put in prison. We might lose our heads. No. Lord, you're God. You made the heaven and the earth and the sea and all that's in them. Another very unique, unusual, significant Greek word. The word title Lord The Greek here is despata. It's the only place in the Bible that it's used. Only place. Usually we'll see kyrios translated into English with Lord. Here, despata, which literally ascribes unto God that He is the sovereign, absolute master of the universe. What were they saying at the beginning of their prayer? God, you got it all under control. God, you got the whole world in your hands. They can't do squat to us until you allow it. You're in control. And they worship God for it. Praising before praying is taught throughout the Bible. The psalmist said in Psalms 100, Enter His gates with thanksgiving. Enter His courts with praise. We're supposed to enter the presence of the Lord, not with complaints, but with worship. Jesus taught this in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father which art in heaven, what? Give us this day our daily bread? No. Hallowed be thy name. God inhabits the praises of His people. And where God's presence is active, where the presence of God is evident, the enemy, he runs. He's allergic to your praises. He's not allergic to your problems. He's allergic to your praises. He's not allergic to your begging or pleading. Stop your pleading at the beginning of your prayer time and start praising Him and watch what God will do. Your praise will transport you from your prayer room into heaven's throne room. Your praise will usher you into the very presence of God. Praise will get your eyes off the problem onto the problem solver to whom nothing, absolutely nothing is impossible. Do you need a breakthrough this morning? Instead of pleading, start praising. Sing the song that the angels 
still sing, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Start singing what the angels sing and you'll start seeing what the angels see. Our God who will not and cannot fail us. Somebody say hallelujah. Amen. Breakthrough praying is declaring the promises of God. Breakthrough praying is declaring the promises of God. What happened yesterday in Hawaii? Aren't you glad you're in Michigan? Aren't you glad you're in the cold? I'll take the cold any day over an amber alert type message that comes on my phone in a text. Some of you are looking at me quizzically because you don't watch the news. At around 8 o'clock yesterday morning in Hawaii, every cell phone had the same text message. Run for cover. A ballistic missile attack is coming. It was chaos, confusion, utter fear. People were scrambling. It ended up not being fake news, but mistake news. It was done by the mistake of a person who pushed a button, not once, but twice. It was a double mistake. You talk about a whopper. A mistake by state government, not federal government. My God, my God doesn't deal in fake news. He doesn't deal in mistake news. His word is true and let every man be a liar. Hallelujah. You can count on this word. You can count on His promises. It is true. When the early church in Acts chapter 4 prayed, they prayed the promises of God. I just read it to you. They quoted from the Psalms. Psalms chapter 2 verses 1 and 2. Why do the heathen rage when God's got it all in control? They stood upon the promises of God. Again, God's promises are not fake news or mistake news. The Bible says all the promises of God are yes and amen to them that are in Christ Jesus. How many this morning are in Christ Jesus and Jesus is in you? More than 3,000 promises of God are for you. You can take it to the bank. You can count on it. They are genuine. They are true. Isaiah says this. Isaiah 62, 6, put God in remembrance of His promises. It doesn't say put God in remembrance of your problems. You don't need to tell God about your problems. He knows more about them than you do. Did you hear me in that? But if you want breakthrough blessings, find God's promises in His Word. That's why you need to come on Wednesday nights. That's why you need to be under teaching. That's why you need to read this book, study this book, memorize the promises of God. Find God's promises related to your problem and then put God in remembrance of them. You see, God's Word and His will are synonymous. They're the same. They are one. To pray for anything that is not promised in the Word of God is a waste of time. And it's a waste of God's time too. We're right on target with God's desire for our lives when we pray His promises. Why do I need to put God in remembrance of His promises? Is it because God is forgetful? No, it's for me to be faith-filled. Reminding God of His promises 
is a releasing of your faith. It's coming into faith agreement with God for breakthroughs in your life. Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. But how many of you need a breakthrough in your finances? Well, David said, and you can stand upon the promises of God's Word. David said, uh, I, I was once young, but now I'm old. And I've never seen the righteous forsaken or begging of bread. You can stand upon the promise. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. I like that running over part. Uh, if you have problems with your finances this morning, stand upon the promise. Put God in remembrance of, my God shall supply all of my need according to His riches and glory through Christ Jesus my Lord. You need, you need a breakthrough in your health? Stand upon the Word of God. Confess the Word of God in prayer. Pray the promise by His stripes. I am healed. Uh, Lord, you're Jehovah Rophe. I am the Lord that healeth thee. Lord, I stand upon James chapter 5, verse 14 that the prayer of faith will heal the sick. Do you need a breakthrough in your daily grind? Do you need a breakthrough for your bad hair days? Your daily battles? You need to get up every day and say, I declare in the name of Jesus, if God is for us, who can be against us? I'm going to put on the garment of praise for the spirit of depression and despair and heaviness. Hallelujah. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I'm going to believe it. I'm going to receive it. That settles it. I'm going to go for it. Oh, what a way to start your week. What a way to start your, your day. There it is. Listen, when we parents promise our children something, they'll keep bugging us and reminding us. I mean, they'll make you an old man or an old woman with their nagging so that you'll keep your promise. When I was a little boy, I must have been eight, nine years old, Holland, Michigan, where my dad pastored, he was always bringing home stuff, his bargains, his deals, and mom would have to correct him, and then he'd have to bring it back. He, he brought home a, uh, I a motorcycle one time, and that lasted just, I think, two days. And uh, you're the father of my children. You're not riding that. And he had to take it back. He brought home, praise God, answer to my prayers, a go-kart. A go-kart. How many of you boys grew up with a, a go-kart? Hallelujah. He brought, this thing could do almost 50 miles an hour. I'm eight, nine years old. And, and the reason he got a great deal on it, it didn't have brakes and you couldn't govern the speed. As soon as you'd start it, it'd just get faster and faster and faster. My first test drive, my first test drive in the backyard, thank God I was going in circles. And I'm screaming, I'm crying. You should have seen the look on my mother's face. My dad had to tackle the go-kart like a football tackle. The chain, I mean, it just gouged his arm all up just to save me. Well, that go-kart didn't even last a weekend. She made him take it back. But your pastor, as a boy, I kept him reminded of his promise for a go-kart. I said, Dad, I went to school today. Show and tell. And I told the class, my dad's getting me a new go-kart. My dad's getting me... Yeah, he didn't have 
I mean, he didn't have a snowball's chance in hell. I mean, he had to get me a, a go-kart. He did. And so he brought it home. It was a miniature version of a Model T. It had a lawnmower engine in the back. I don't think the thing could do five miles an hour. But it was a go-kart. And I would take kids for rides up and down my street there. And half the time the thing didn't run. But Dad fulfilled the promise. Why? Jesus said this. Jesus explains this. Here's the spiritual connection that you need to get a hold of as you pray for your breakthroughs. I quoted this last week. I give it to you again. If you then, though you are evil, that, that, that even sinful parents, earthly parents, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask Him? If you'll get in the habit of saying, God, you said it, I believe it, I receive it, then eventually you will see what God said come to pass in your life. One day, instead of saying, God, you said it, you'll be able to say, God, you did it. <laughs> you turned it around. <laughs> you blessed me. You healed me. You favored me. You restored me. You vindicated me, Lord. One time I said, Oh Lord, you said it. Now I say, God, you did it. To experience breakthrough praying, pray persistently. Pray persistently. This is a lost art in the church today. Pray persevering prayers. We live in an age of quitters. Schools today face an epidemic of dropouts. Do you realize the U.S. military utilizes hundreds of psychiatrists just to keep the military from going AWOL? Our generation divorces five times faster than our parents. Talk to employers today. What are you hearing from employers today? Employers are facing a work shortage. A new generation's coming up saying, hey, you guys work too, too, your hours are too long and you work too hard. I quit. But the early church, read the record. The early church kept praying and kept praying and kept praying. They prayed throughout the entire book of Acts. They prayed until the answer came. This is what Jesus taught. Luke 18, keep praying until the answer comes, Jesus said. Paul the Apostle said in 1 Thessalonians, pray without ceasing. Listen, saints, don't worry if you don't receive instant answers. The heroes of the faith, they persevered in prayer. Jacob said, I will not let thee go until you bless me, Lord. Daniel prayed for 21 days. And then the angel came with the answer. And the angel said, Daniel, the first moment you opened your mouth in prayer, God answered. But it took me 21 days to fight through the satanic barriers, the satanic strongholds, the demonic princes to bring you the answer. You need to understand prayer is prayer warfare. When you pray, there's a warfare that begins in heaven. Hold the line. Hunker down. 
Exercise bulldog tenacious faith. <laughs> Ever watch a bulldog hunker down and chomp down on something? It won't let go. It just won't let go. That's what you need to exercise in prayer. Bulldog tenacious faith and declare, I'm not going to let go of the person and the presence and the power and the promise of God. Here I stand. Satan fears persistent praying. He does have the power to delay. We see this with Daniel. But just for a time, just for a season, he loses this power when we keep persisting in the name of Jesus. Yesterday on Fox News, they talked again about the the girl who is now a young adult. She was stolen from a hospital in Florida when she was birthed and born. A woman masquerading as a nurse came into that hospital, stole that little baby girl, and raised that baby girl as her own. What that thief, what that kidnapper didn't realize is that the mother of that baby was a prayer warrior, a woman of God, a woman of prayer, prayed every day for her daughter to be returned. Every year on the birthday of that daughter, she would make a birthday cake, put candles on it, and remember her daughter, and remember the promises of God, which are yea and amen in Christ Jesus. At year 18, her daughter was returned to her. Breakthrough praying. Breakthrough praying. Breakthrough praying. MSNBC reported, I'm in shock. A while back, MSNBC reported about D. Glaze in Arkansas City, Arkansas. The disease of diseases, ALS. I don't know of any disease that's more spawned in the laboratories of hell than ALS. It's an ascendancy disease where you lose all muscle control. Your brain is alive and well, captured, imprisoned in a body. One of the things to go is your speech. She had not spoken a word, deglaze, for three years. On the devil's night, on Halloween night, she looked at her husband and said, Honey, thank you for all your love. Thank you for taking care of me. And that began a flow of words, and she hasn't stopped talking. And she was miraculously healed and made whole. But that's not the rest of the story. (laughs) How was she healed every Tuesday morning? Like we have a ladies prayer meeting this Tuesday morning. Did they announce it? Judy Lyons will be there to facilitate on my behalf. Tuesday morning, ladies prayer meeting, Arkansas City Assembly of God. Hallelujah. Those women prayed every Tuesday morning for a breakthrough. God heard it and it happened in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Listen. Stubborn faith that chomps down on the promises of God and just won't let go is breakthrough praying. When the enemy attacks you to become detoured, distracted, and delayed, persistent faith takes a stand and bites down on the promises of God. 
and says, I won't let go of God and His promises. I'm not going to give up, enemy. I'm not going to shut up. Uh, I won't be a quitter. I've got peace in the storm. I'm going to keep on keeping on. For the blood of Jesus will never lose its power. Glory to God. I'm going through. I'm praying through for my breakthrough. Don't get discouraged in praying. Press on in prayer. I'll be sharing next week Sunday on the breakthroughs that have happened as God's people have been praying for their children and their loved ones and their relatives. I want to teach you how to intercede for your unsaved loved ones next week. Don't get discouraged in prayer. Keep praying. Pray through until you get the answer. Don't be a quitter. Amen. What is it with this thing? Lord, help me keep the anointing. Breakthrough praying. It means exercising expectation faith. When the church prayed in Acts 4, they expected God to act. They received because they believed. Expectation faith in God is like setting your temperature, your thermostat of your car that you'll go out to in a bit. When you start your car out there and you set the temperature like me to 85, (laughs) do you sit there pounding the dashboard like I was about ready to pound this pulpit? There it goes again. You say, it's not 85 yet. I've set it to 85. It's not 85 yet. I don't feel it. I don't see it. I don't sense it. This car, what a pile of junk. Is that what you do? I left here at 1230 last night. I mean, it was six degrees outside. I set it at 85. I left the parking lot cold. I drove down Shaner cold. I crossed 23 mile cold. I turned into Middlebury Drive cold. That thing didn't warm up until I pulled in the garage. (laughs) Never did reach 85 in that trip. Did I get frustrated? Huh? Did I get discouraged? Did I say, I'm throwing this car away, pile of junk? No. I realized it has a cold engine. I realized it takes time. Never realized I was this tall, did you? You're going to remember this sermon. This is the sermon with the shrinking pulpit. Somebody fix that for me. Amen. No, we don't. Our thermostat at home, our thermostat in the car, when we set it at a certain temperature, we know it takes time for the environment, for the conditions to match up to what we have set on the thermostat. We understand that in the natural. Why don't we understand that in the spiritual? You've set your focus in prayer on the promises of God, upon the person, the character of God, who's always faithful. You've set uh, your your temperature upon uh, the power of God, the authority that that resides in the name of Jesus. You've set your temperature. And then when you don't get instant answers, those of us with a microwave mentality that want it now, 
We lose out with God. And we stop praying. Expectation faith in breakthrough praying. Again, it persists. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount up with the wings of eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. In the same way, breakthrough praying sets our faith temperature on what God says about us. He says, I will supply all of your needs according to my riches and glory. I'm setting my my faith thermostat there. That's what I'm choosing to believe. Will you? In the natural, I might not feel that conditions have changed. In the natural, I might not see my circumstances change. That's okay. I'm not worried. I'm not afraid because I've already set my thermostat. I've set my faith temperature. As long as I keep trusting God, obeying His Word, declaring and confessing His promises, it's just a matter of time before the condition in my life matches what I've set upon my faith thermostat. It matches the promises of His Word. You see, God goes to work when He sees His people responding with their faith thermostat in such a way. When their faith thermostat is set on His promises, His character, His healing, His victory, it might not happen overnight. But God is faithful. He'll do what He promised despite how long it takes. Your attitude should be, my thermostat is set. I'm not moved by what I feel. I'm not moved by what I see or by what people tell me. I'm moved by what I know. If God be for me, who can be against me? I know when I believe God, the God of breakthroughs, I know that flood tides of favor are coming my way. Blessings coming my way. Restoration, victory are coming my way. For I know in whom I have believed that my God is able to do that which is exceedingly and abundantly more than I can imagine, ask or think. Lastly, real breakthrough praying is praying big, God-sized prayers. Big, God-sized prayers. We focused on this last week. And I give it to you again. This thought. Let me illustrate it. Alexander the Great married many wives. One of the women that he married, the father came to him for the dowry. Those ancients, they had it made. Man, would I like that. If you got married to a woman in that culture in ancient times... You as the groom, as the husband-to-be, you had to pay the, your future father-in-law, you had to pay him off with a dowry. The father-in-law came for his dowry from Alexander the Great. And Alexander said, go to my treasurer and ask what you will. The father-in-law went to the treasurer, made his request. The treasurer came back to Alexander the Great, wringing his hands, saying, O king, you can't imagine what this man asked. I haven't given it to him yet. Uh, he, He asked too greatly. He asked too largely. He asked for half of your kingdom. Alexander, the legend says, said, Grant it. He honors me. He bestows me great majesty and glory because he shows that I'm great by asking greatly. Do you see the parallel? Do you see the parallel? I preach it again. 
I preach it until you practice it. The Acts 4 church didn't pray for protection. They didn't pray for revenge. No, they said, Lord, enable your church to be bold in proclaiming Jesus. Lord, grant us healings. Grant us miracles, signs, and wonders. Grant us the impossible because you're a big God and you do big things. Hebrews 11.1, what is faith? It is the confident assurance that what we hope for is going to happen. It's the evidence of things that we cannot yet see. Breakthrough praying is believing bigger. It's praying God-sized prayers. If you'll choose to see the invisible, God will do the impossible in your life. The world tells you you can't believe it until you see it. God says you can't see it until you believe it. Don't limit God with your small thinking. Don't limit God with small prayers. Have a big vision for your life. Young people, young adults, dream big dreams. Ask God for a great destiny in Him. Shoot for the moon in God. You will become what you believe. Abraham and Sarah were promised a child in their elderly years. She was 90, he was 100. How did they receive the promised child, Isaac? Before they could conceive in the natural, they had to believe in the spiritual. They had to conceive in their faith before they could conceive in the natural. What miraculous breakthrough do you need? Huh? Is it your marriage? Is it your children? Is it your finances? Is it your physical health? Maybe the reason you haven't received it is because you can't conceive it. You cannot conceive that God would do that for you. You cannot conceive that God would do the impossible, the improbable, the invincible. Remember, an almighty God is sitting on His throne in heaven. He's got His hand cuffed behind His ear. And He's listening for us to claim great and mighty things. To call forth signs and wonders and miracles, breakthroughs with our strongholds of addiction, abortion, divorce and demonic forces throughout America. To pray in revival. To turn our nation away from the moral rot that plagues our country. But what does he hear? Oh God, give me a closer parking space at at Lakeside Mall. We had a real problem with our son Jonathan when he was growing up. As a child, he couldn't quit sucking his thumb. We came close to putting a board on his arm and tying it to it. I mean, what would you do if you had a child that stayed at home and wouldn't, wouldn't leave, wouldn't move out? And age 40, they're still sucking their thumb. That's weird. That's nuts, Pastor. Well, what does God see all the time when He hears nothing but thumb-sucking prayers from His children? Immature prayers. Now, God is interested in the small details of your life. Yeah, I pray for, for a close parking spaces. That's okay, but don't stay there. Don't stay there. I, I pray that your only praying is not just at lunchtime when you pray over your food. I pray that, that, that you hunker down and you intercede and you are involved in breakthrough praying. Ask God to graduate, from, graduate you from thumb-sucking praying. 
You're not talking to a billionaire of limited means. You're not talking to the President of the United States that has limited resources. You're talking to the Master of the Universe, the Lord of the Impossible, who can make a way where there seems to be no way. So ask Him for the impossible. Ask Him to defeat the giants in your life. Because our God is still in the giant killing business. Ask Him to divide your Red Seas and make a way where there seems to be no way. Ask Him to send fire from heaven as He did with Elijah. Ask Him to walk with you through your fiery furnaces like He did with the Hebrew children. Ask Him in faith believing and faith receiving. He's our God who cannot and will not fail us. Honor God. With praying that expects the improbable, the invincible, the impossible. Honor God. Put the slide up on the screen. That expects God to do mighty and marvelous breakthroughs. Fill in that blank there this morning. That expects real breakthroughs. Stand with me this morning. Stand with me this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, even right now. Even now, Lord. Even now, Lord. Even now, Lord. Lord, we've celebrated the blood. And now, Lord, we celebrate the Spirit. Lord, we've magnified Your Word. We've celebrated the blood. But now we magnify the Spirit. Lord, You're wanting to do this week, this week of prayer, great and mighty things. You want us to pray God-sized prayers. You want us, oh God, to pray in the impossible in our lives, in our church, in our nation. God, you did it once before. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. How many of you this morning, how many of you this morning, you need breakthroughs? You need breakthroughs. Lift up your hand. You're going to prevail. You're going to persist. Amen. 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 I'd like to invite you to join me right down here, right now. I want you to come first. I want you to be in the front line. Come right now as we sing it. Amen. After they're down here, I need you to come and lay hands upon them in the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. Worship in spirit. Pastors, help me. Precious Jesus. Amen. Let your toes touch the first step. To 